بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الرحم وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن علمك برحمتك يا رحمة الرحيم About intention, we said that according to some writings of our contemporary scholars, it seems that for them the only time that an intention is acceptable, is satisfactory, is when it is to do something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To do something in order to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And their writing suggests that if a believer does something not for the sake of Allah, or anything that a person who doesn't believe does, would not be useful because the intention is not satisfactory so i said it seems that according to islam we have much more sophisticated picture it's not that either the intention is to do it for the sake of allah so it's valuable or it's not valuable we said that we have to distinguish between what can qualify you to go to heaven and what is useful to be able to go to heaven of course one has to have iman has to have faith and do righteous deeds so if someone has no faith and does good things for people for example helps them you know with I don't know, money, with health, with education. He's a good person, a kind person, but doesn't have any faith. He would not go to heaven because Iman is a condition. But this doesn't mean that his actions are useless. His actions have no value at all. In other words, we cannot say that if a person does not have faith, then whether he is good with people or not, whether he's kind with people or not, whether he's generous or not, is the same. No, they are not the same. Every little good that you do is counted. Maybe they are not enough to put you in heaven, but there are many other ways that Allah should uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala show the appreciation to people who do something good. We mentioned about, for example, Hatamatai. He was a pagan, but very generous, genuinely. Hatamatai, she was female? He. He was very generous. And he really was 
trying to help people, not in order to become famous, not to become praised, you know, just genuinely he wanted to help people. In Islam we see that there is appreciation for such person. Even Rasulullah treated his daughter, his wife, especially with very special courtesy because of what Hatamatahi did. Or, you know, according to some sources, you know, he would not be punished in hell because he was such a kind and helpful person. So we have to distinguish between these two aspects. One is who is able to go to heaven. Another is who is considered to be morally a good person compared to the people who don't have these good actions. You know, I said last week that Allah says, Man ya'man khayran doesn't say every mu'min who does a little good will see. He says every person, man ya'mal. Or in the Quran, when we read about amal salih in most of the verses of the Quran, you have iman and then amal salih Many places. Amanu wa amalu salihat. But it is interesting that in several verses we have amal salih and then iman. For example, in Surah Nisa, chapter 4, verse 124, وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ مِنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْثَى ذَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٍ the one who does righteous deeds, whether man or woman, male or female, Zakaran or Unsa, doesn't make difference. While he or she is a believer, he will go to heaven. And he, they would not be uh, you know, dealt with injustice even to the least <coughs> what do you understand from this when it says man ya'mal minas salihat min dhakarin aw untha wa huwa mu'min it means that iman is not essentially part of amal salih but it is a condition for yadkhulun al-jannah yeah if in the definition of amal salih iman was necessary, then there was no point in saying man ya'mal min as-salihat min dhakirin unsa wa huwa mu'min. We say wa huwa mu'min as a condition, it means that amal salih is something that even a non-mu'min can do. A mu'min can do, a non-mu'min can do, but to be able to go to heaven, you should have amal salih and iman. Or chapter 20, verse 112. 
وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنْ فَلَا يَخَافُ ظُلْمًا وَلَا حَظْمًا The one who does righteous deeds while he is mu'min. Chapter 21, verse 94. فَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنْ فَلَا كُفْرَانَ لِسَعْيِهِ The one who does righteous deeds while he is a mu'min, his efforts will be thanked. And in Surah Nahl, وَمَنْ عَمِلَ صَالِحًا مِنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْثَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنْ فَلَنْ نُحْيِيَنَّهُ حَيَاتًا طَيِّبَةً The one who does righteous deeds, whether he's a man or woman, and has faith, we will give them pleasant or goodly life. حَيَاتًا طَيِّبَةً So, these four verses mention Iman after Amal Salih. As a condition for being promoted so high that you can go to heaven or, for example, to have hayat tayyibah and so on and so forth. But the implication is that amal saleh can be performed even by non-mu'min. But what is amal saleh? Is it just to do good action? No, with good intention. So now we have to find what can be a good intention that a person who is not faithful can have. What type of good intention can a person who doesn't have faith have? Okay, so it seems that according to the Quran, we can imagine an action to be considered as amal salih separate from iman. Iman can join amal salih and make it, you know, very special, make it, you know, something that can elevate you to the situation that you can go to heaven. But it seems that to be able to conceive, to imagine amal saleh, iman is not a condition for amal saleh by itself. If iman by itself was a condition, there was no need to say man amal salihan min dhakarin unsa wa huwa mu'min. Okay, do you understand? You get the point? You cannot say, for example, Every father who is a man, for example, then so-and-so. To be a man for father is essential quality. So it doesn't make sense to say every father who is also a man. It doesn't make sense. Okay? When we say, man amila salihan min mu'min, it means that wahuwa mu'min is not... A requirement for amal saleh in its essence. Okay? So, what is amal saleh then? If you want to speak from a Quranic perspective, or if you want to speak rationally, as I will explain, inshallah, later, what is amal saleh? What is a good action? It seems that 
every action which brings good outcomes to the world. Every action which brings some good outcomes to the world either to yourself, to other people, I don't know, maybe to an animal, maybe you are helping an animal, maybe you are giving food to a bird, maybe you are looking after a plant, maybe you give water to a thirsty flower. Everything that you do which brings good outcomes to the world, first. And second, you don't have bad intention. You have good intention. You do it willingly. You do it intentionally. So there is intention. But intention is not a bad intention. For example, you just feel very sad to see someone is poor. If you see someone is poor and you feel sad and you help that person, this is a good intention. You see, a bird is, you know, for example, in a very uh, cold weather, not able to find food. You help that bird. Not to show off, not, you know, to take a picture and say to people, look, you know, I'm a very kind person, you know, I even look after the birds. No, you love to help. You cannot, you know, relax when you see even a bird is hungry. Okay? So this is a good intention. The action is good because you are helping. The intention is also good. So this is Amal Saleh. Yes, if you want to reach Hayat Tayyibah, you have to have Iman as well. Man amil salihan min dhakarin unza wa huwa mu'min falanuhyiyannahu hayatan tayyibah. But it doesn't mean that if you don't have Iman, this is not Amal Saleh, this is useless. This is a Quranic discussion, but even from a rational point of view. When we consider two people, one of them does not do anything, okay? He says, I don't help people, I don't help animals, I don't help birds, I don't do anything. Okay. Another person is a very kind person. He goes and, you know, helps orphans, he helps, you know, poor people, he helps homeless people, he looks after animals, but he doesn't have faith. Are these two people the same? A, paper, a person who is not even spending, you know, one penny or one minute on people, on animals. Another person who does all these things, although he's not a mu'min. They are not in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the same. They are not from a moral point of view the same. For sure, there is a big difference between these two. Someone is just consider, uh, concerned about himself and someone who is concerned about other people. They are not the same. So, we cannot say that if you don't have the intention of seeking closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it is useless. No, it is not useless. 
Either two people, one has done lots of good things with the intention of doing good things, and the other one has not done anything. Or one person, when he does and when he doesn't. For example, today, I help people. I help animals out of love only. Not for the sake of Allah. Out of just love. Tomorrow, I don't do these things. Are these two days the same? No. So whether two people or one person in two different circumstances, you cannot say they are the same. So, in my understanding, in order to have a good intention, it is enough. In my opinion, it is enough that you have at least the intention of doing something just because you find it morally good. Even this much is enough. Why I do this? Because I think that morally this is my obligation. Or morally this is better. I do it for the sake of goodness of this action. This is enough. Why do you help this poor person? I can say different things. But if I have at least this much that I help a poor person because this is a good thing. This is something that a human being is expected to do. This is something that I do out of love, out of mercy, out of sympathy. This is good. So you should have intention. And at least the intention is that I want to do something good. But you can have higher levels of good intention. You can say, I do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I don't, you know, uh, have any intention other than getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, other than pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, that is also very important. But it's not that if someone doesn't have this, then it's useless. I gave you last week some examples. For example, you know, we said about parents. We said parents, even if they are not believers, we appreciate what they do. Islamically, we have respect, we have appreciation for parents. Even if they have not become parents and they have not looked after their children because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Maybe they are kafir, but still we appreciate. Or the parents who are Muslims, it's not that every Muslim father or mother has become father or mother for the sake of Allah. Yeah? How many things we do for the sake of Allah? Normally, we only do our salat and fasting and hajj for the sake of Allah. But then, to get married, you know, to have children, to buy a house, everything we do is for our own sake, not for the sake of Allah. Yeah? Most of people I'm talking. So, still, we appreciate this mother who is mother and doing her duty towards her child as a mother, even if it is not for the sake of Allah. Of course, if it is for the sake of Allah, it's better, but... Even if it's not for the sake of Allah, we appreciate. Compared to a person who doesn't do this. 
Okay? So there are different levels. As soon as a person decides to do something which is good because it is good, because there is a moral sense here, a moral commitment here, a moral consciousness here, that he feels that I should do something good, I have responsibility towards other people, this makes an action good. But of course it can be always better and better. We have a notion that uh, we find in some hadith, and that is the notion of horb. 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 Free. You know, Imam Ali salam said there are three groups of people. Some people worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they have fear of going to hell. So in order not to go to hell, they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the worship of slaves. Slaves. There are people who worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they want to go to heaven. These are tujjah, these are businessmen. <coughs> yeah, they calculate. As you know, if I do this, I will gain more. So, this is ibadatul tujjah. But there are people that worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of love because they find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be a person who deserves ibadah. This is tilka ibadatul ahrar. Okay, this is ahrar. Another case, I will come back to this inshallah. Another case is what Imam Hussein alayhi salam said on the day of Ashura. This was said by Imam Ali On the day of Ashura, Imam Hussein alayhi salam uh, told to the people in the army of Umar al-Sa'ad when they were attacking the tents of Ahlul Bayt, Illam yakun lakum din wa kuntum la takhafoon al-ma'ad fakunu ahraran fi dunya. If you have no faith, and you have no fear of the day of judgment. Be noble and free in your worthy life. What does it mean? It means that sometimes you are a religious person, a person who fears God. Okay? Because of your piety, because of your faith, your God-fearing, you observe moral responsibilities. But sometimes you have no faith. Okay. This doesn't mean that when you have no faith, then you can do everything. Or whatever you do doesn't make any difference. No. If you have no faith, at least be a good human being. A person who acts morally. So, 
Who are ahrar? Who are free people? Who are noble people? These are the people who do good things because they find them to be good. Even maybe religious people also can do this when they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ibadatul Ahra. It means that I worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not because I am religiously asked to do it. I worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because this is something that I find by my conscience to be good. Okay? For example, Allah has been very kind to me. Shouldn't I be grateful? I have to be grateful to him. Do I need to be a religious person to understand this? No. Even if you are not a religious person, you try to be kind to people. If someone has been helping you all your life, how much you will thank him? Now imagine, for example, if from childhood someone has been sending you money to go to a school, then to college, then university. He has been paying for your books, for your, I don't know, everything. How much you want to thank him? Say, I cannot thank him enough. You know, I want to die for this person. Yeah, he has been so kind that since my childhood has always supported me. Okay? But now add to this, not only he has given you money for your study, he has also providing you with food, with dress, with your father, mother, brother, sister. Everything has come from him. So, how much grateful you have to be? There is no limit. So, to be whore, to be free or to be noble means that you do things because you feel that you have moral responsibility to do this. I think this is very important level. And if people have this level of awareness they are good people I'm not saying they go to heaven or they don't go to heaven that's another issue to go to heaven one has to have also Iman but I'm saying these are good people these are people who maybe actually sooner or later they become mu'min and even if they don't become mu'min because for example truth has not been presented to them properly or whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be very kind with them. Because there is this moral consciousness. They have good qualities. So, from Islamic point of view, for having a good action, we need to have husna fi'li, goodness of the action, Plus, goodness of the agent, and goodness of agent comes when there is intention, you do it intentionally, and at least you do it because you find it to be good. As a whore, as a free, as a noble person, you want to do it. 
Of course, if you do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the value can increase. So this is something that I wanted to mention. There is also another discussion which is maybe taking some time and inshallah I will start and see how much we can you know, progress. You remember we said that there are three types of <coughs> teleological view. Teleological view is the view that an action is good when it brings about good outcomes, good results. Yeah. <coughs> then there are either egoist or altruist or universalist. You remember? Egoists are those who say that the good results should come to the agent. Altruists say that the good results should go to others, not to the agent. Universalists say it doesn't make difference. <coughs> it's a matter of number. You should try to have maximum number of people who benefit. You can count yourself also as one of those people. Okay. What is Islamic view? Are we teleological or not? And if we are teleological, are we egoists or altruists or universalists? Some writers say that it seems that in Islam we are not teleological, we are deontologists. Why? They say because deontologist. Deontology was the idea that, like Kant, you do something because you have moral obligation, regardless of the outcomes. They say we are deontologists because in Islam we are after our obligations, our wajibat, our wazaif. We have to make sure that we perform our obligations. You know, sometimes uh, they quote this sentence from Imam Khomeini. You know, Imam Khomeini used to say this, uh, that during the war, you know, he used to say this a lot. It meant that we are responsible to do our duties. We are not responsible for the outcome. Okay? So, we have to defend our country. Whether we are going to be victorious or not, this is not our obligation. Our obligation is to defend our countries. Okay? So, he used to repeat this. So, some people say that it seems that Imam Khomeini also had this idea that we have a command, we have an obligation, we have taklif, and we should do it regardless of the results. But this is not what he meant, and this is not Islamic idea, that you do something regardless of outcomes. In Islam, 
everything which becomes obligatory or everything which is prohibited, whether it is wajib or haram, as I explained for you before, is because of some real interest or harms behind it. Why I have duty of seeking knowledge? Why Why you have to seek knowledge? Because there is something really good that you can achieve when you go for knowledge. Okay? Why we should pray? Why we should fast? Why we should help each other? These are all because of some good outcomes. Okay? Or if something is prohibited, why drinking alcohol is prohibited? Why gambling is prohibited? Because they have really bad results. Okay? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his legislation considers all these interests and harms and he makes a law for example he says you should say five times prayer every day when he makes this law then it's not to me and you to calculate again and say it seems that today five times a day you know prayer is too much it doesn't bring that result or it's too little we should make it wajab to make it 10 times a day because what is the result we want to have for example closeness to allah we want to avoid so we say okay we calculate and now it seems that if we want to have that result we should have more or less it's not up to us allah has made this you are here only supposed to do your wajib you do your taklif this doesn't mean that the taklif by itself was not based on the outcomes it's based on outcomes but i cannot measure the outcome i cannot say for example this year we should give uh, instead of 20 percent homes 25 percent or 15 percent if we want to have the same result because of inflation or whatever we should you know this is not our job allah has made these calculations and then has made a law in general you know when you make a law it has to be general you cannot you know let people to change it although although maybe in reality there are changes that have to be taken into account but if law is not general and we let people to adjust the law then the law becomes useless for example you know say in motorway you have to drive for example 70 miles maximum speed is 70 miles someone says i am very good in driving i didn't have any accident before i am actually you know myself a person who train other people i can drive 90 miles and be as safe as you driving 70 miles say sorry 
we cannot allow you know these kind of exceptions yeah when we want to have a law we have to agree on something as average and fix it okay so in our religious obligations we don't start measuring the outcomes and the results if they are fixed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because then we would not have any point that we can agree if we make it subject to people's you know opinion and you know people's you know estimation and you know adjustment and so on and so forth we have to agree but this doesn't mean that we totally ignore the outcomes no the legislation of Allah itself was based on these outcomes on these good interests or avoiding harms okay so when you have to for example you know in the case of what Imam Khomeini used to say when you have to defend yourself for example when you have to stand against injustice then you carry on you don't keep every day counting you know whether it is useful or not but the same Imam Khomeini when he realized that there was a point that continuing the war was not producing you know overall good result he accepted the ceasefire okay so it means that he was not a man who was closing his eye and not looking at the reality and what is happening and what is the interest of Ummah, what is not the interest of Ummah. He said, you know, we say one thing and we keep saying, repeating this. No. He meant that it is not our job to change Allah's rules, but if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself has different rulings, we have to be open and alert. A time comes that then Allah doesn't want us to go for war. Allah wants us, for example, to accept, you know, uh, ceasefire. So, if we want to understand Islamic theory of ethics, it seems that according to Islam, we are teleological. For us, everything is good if it has good results. These good results can be good results for ourselves in dunya, can be good results for ourselves in akhirah, for other people. We will talk about this later. But what is important is that results are very important for us. One session I mentioned this before, you know, about masaleh, mafasid, mulzameh, ghayr mulzameh. You remember we talked about this before. Now let's move on to the next question, which is more difficult. To whom these good results should belong? To me and my group, my family. So are we e egoists? To other people and not me and my group and my family, so we are altruists or to anyone. 
Here again, some people have thought that we are egoists. Mm -hmm. They say that from a philosophical point of view, this is very common among Muslim philosophers, that human beings are made in the way that they do everything out of self-love. This is something you find it among many scholars. They say that whatever we do in the end of the day, after careful examination, becomes clear that we do it out of love for ourselves. Because we find it good for ourselves. Even when we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even when we want to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, why? They say because we find it good for ourselves. Or if you do it for the sake of reward, it's because you want something good for yourself. Even they say mothers, that we respect them a lot, but even mothers, they look after their children, they sacrifice their comfort for the children, but still they do it out of self-love, out of hubbuzat. They love their children because these children belong to them. Why mothers don't feel the same with respect to children of other people? Huh? You see that, for example, a mother, if her child is crying, the mother wakes up. But for example, if someone hears someone is crying and wakes up and says someone else's child is crying and goes back to bed, Alhamdulillah, not my child. They don't have that kind of attachment that they have to their children and to other children. Of course, I'm not saying there is no sympathy or whatever. I'm saying it's not the same. Sometimes even people don't care about other people's children. Some ladies care, of course, but it's not the same. I'm just explaining, I'm not, this is not my opinion, I'm just explaining. So, they say that everything even mothers do for the sake, even martyrs, why martyrs give their life? They give their life again because they want to get something greater. But again, they want something for themselves. Okay? So, they say it's impossible for human beings to do something unless they find it to be good for them. If they don't find it good for them, they don't do it. And there are also some people in, you know, in Western, you know, Thinkers who say the same. They say actually human beings are by nature interested only in their own interest. They call this psychological egoism. Psychological egoism means that this is our psychology. We cannot think differently. We only do things when we find them good for ourselves. Okay? So, then you may say, 
Does it mean that we are all selfish? Say no. Selfishness is different. Those who are selfish are not really doing good to themselves. For example, we have only a cup of water here. Okay? You are thirsty. I am also thirsty. If I am selfish, I take this water and don't give you the water. But if I have that egoism that we are talking about, still I may give you water. Why? Because I believe by giving you water, I gain something more than water. So still I am thinking about what is better for me. But I can give water. Do you understand the difference? So it's not that we are selfish. We can, you know, be sacrificing. I give my money, I give my time, I give, you know, my convenience, even my life to make people happy or, you know, to defend, for example, people who need help. Everything I can do for them. But in the end of the day, I think that by doing these things, I can gain more. You understand? So it means that we are always calculating. Those who are selfish, they are short-sighted. They want to get something very quickly and immediately. So let me take this water. Let, let me take this money. Let me take you know, this you know, money of people. They become greedy. They become selfish. They, they don't give anything to anyone. They become miserly. But those who are really interested in about themselves they understand that by being generous by being kind by being helpful they can gain more you understand so to be egoist does not mean to be selfish but it means that you are interested in your own goodness maybe long-term goodness <coughs> Maybe not in dunya even. Something in akhirah. But still you want something good for yourself. This is an idea which is very common. But inshallah what I will explain next week. And I want you to think about it. Is that. Although it is true. That most of us. Whatever we do. Is in order to benefit ourselves even when we do something for allah still it's to benefit ourselves even we do something you know for our children is to benefit ourselves but although this can be a common case but i believe that it's possible for us to do things regardless of what i am going to benefit we can do things just because they are good. Not thinking, not intending to gain. This is something very important, very uh, fundamental. And inshallah, we'll discuss about this later to see whether it, there is such a potential in human beings to 
forget themselves or no, we have to always think about ourselves. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين.